Today, what I'm gonna be talking to you about today is just that clarity in confusion, that God wants to bring clarity through divine communication in your life. He wants to speak to you. I love in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Come on, let's make some noise for the word. Come on. This is the prophet speaking. He says this, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way that you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Here's what I love about this passage, and here's what I love about what it tells us, is that our God is a speaking God. That our God loves to speak, he loves to communicate, he loves to tell, he loves to reveal. If you look through the pages of scripture at all, what we see about God is that he loves to speak. Genesis 1. You begin to look through the passage, and what do we see is it's a God, a God who is powerful and all-knowing, but a God who is speaking. He is speaking to creation, and as you thumb through the pages of Scripture, he doesn't just speak to overall creation, but he speaks specifically to his people, to Gideons and and Esthers, Jeremiah's, prophets, servants. He speaks. He loves to speak to his creation, that we serve a speaking God. He loves to communicate. And so the question that we want to ask ourselves today, if if we serve a speaking God, a communicating God, then how can we be a people who listen? How can we be a people who are able to hear what God is speaking to us? So let's pray, and we're going to jump into the rest of the word. So Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for today. God, we just pray that, Lord, today that you would speak to us. Lord, Holy Spirit, that you're in this room already, that you're already shaping and leading and guiding and Lord, today we just say that our hearts are that we want to encounter you. We want to know you. We want to be closer to your heart. We want to be filled with your compassion, filled with your love, filled with clarity today. God, I thank you that as we walk into this room that there are different circumstances, situations, that those who are watching online, that there are things going on in life that may be causing confusion. But God, I thank you that you want to break through today with clarity in the midst of that confusion. Lord, I thank you today that in my weakness you are strong, that your grace is sufficient for today, for each of us in this room. So we we lift you high today, Jesus, and we ask, would you speak to us uniquely, specifically, powerfully, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, it's, uh, last week was my, um, my 12th anniversary of being in Tulsa. I moved here for, uh, for Victory College. We have any Victory College students in the house. I think we might have a handful. Awesome. Come on, Jesus. And uh, I moved here to attend Victory College 12 years ago from Scranton, Pennsylvania, the electric city. And um, yeah, we got more cheers for Scranton than Victory College, y'all. Come on, we got to work that out. And, um, and, uh, and so I moved here 12 years ago, came from Victory College. But I moved in with three, uh, three guys. We were all bachelors. And, you know, that's just a recipe for some fun. And, uh, and so we moved in. One was from Texas, one was from Tulsa, one was from Arkansas. And uh, we had quite the melting pot happening uh, in our home. But one common theme in our home was that we love to pull pranks on people, right? Anybody other, are there any pranksters out there? You love to pull some pranks, right? Take note. Um, but we love to pull pranks. So one particular night, my friends, we all get together and we go, we've got the perfect prank. We know what we're going to do. We are going to um, go to this room. We print off a paper. And on that paper, it says this, speaker broken, please speak loudly. Speaker broken, please speak loudly. Thank you, McDonald's management, with a McDonald's logo on the bottom. Oh, just wait. 
So we drive over to McDonald's. It's a Friday night, one in the morning. We thought there's gonna be some traffic. We're excited about it, right? So we get over there and I go through the drive-thru, order myself a blue Powerade because that was just one of my favorites. And I, I reach out the window and I tape this sign, speaker broken, please speak loudly, to the speaker box. I go through, pay for my Powerade, get my stuff, and then we go over and me and four or five other guys packed into my little car, we park over to the side and we wait. Let me tell you this, we didn't wait very long. As we were waiting, the favor of God showed up on that parking lot in McDonald's, just like we knew he would, because he is faithful and he is good to those who seek him, that he is a rewarder. And, and so we sat there, and the first car that pulled through, it was a truck with two gentlemen on the inside. And I can neither confirm nor deny whether or not they were um, under the influence. Um, well, they were definitely under the influence, I'll just say that. And so they came around the corner. And, uh, and I see this guy, he, he squints, and he, and he reads the sign, speaker broken, please speak loudly. And I was not prepared for what happened next. This man, he just began to shout at the top of his lungs. Can I get two double cheeseburgers, extra pickles, no onions? I mean, he was preaching at this speaker box. I mean, he was screaming towards the speaker box, right? And, and we are losing it in the car. We're shaking and we're trying not to laugh too loudly. And it's amazing, right? And so here's, it gets better. The woman on the other side of the speaker box, because he's screaming so loudly, she says to him, sir, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> so you guessed it, like he screams even harder. He's like, can I get two double cheeseburger? He's cussing, I mean, extra pickles, no onions. The guy next to him screaming over him. I mean, it was like, God, you're so faithful. This was amazing. Uh, and you know, they're, they're angry and they, you know, they kind of, they, they pull away and they never get their two cheeseburgers, double cheeseburgers, extra pickles and no onions. And uh, sorry, McDonald's, I cost you that day. I'm really, I really, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it was such an amazing moment. I love reliving it every time. Um, but it was an amazing moment, but um, I'll never forget the sound of that woman on the other side of the speaker box. I'll never forget the sound of frustration that I heard from her voice. Like, sir, I, I, can't, I can't hear a word that you're saying. Speaker broken, please speak loudly. And you know, the reason I share this story, it's silly, it's funny, but, but I do think it's a tension that sometimes we face and sometimes we feel, especially as the body of Christ, is that hearing from God is such an important thing. We see in scripture that God's a communicating God, a speaking God, a leading God. He desires this for our life, we desire it from him, but so often we feel like we don't know how to hear his voice. God, am I supposed to go here? Am I supposed to go there? Is it left or is it right? Am, am I supposed to say yes to that proposal or am I supposed to say no to that proposal? Am I supposed to go to Tulsa? Am I supposed to go to Arkansas? Am I supposed to move overseas? In the midst of a pandemic and I've got business decisions to make about my livelihood and my family, am I supposed to move into this business partnership or am I supposed to refrain from it? Right, every single day we've got decisions that we need to make and every single day we want to be a people who depend on the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if there's one thing I can tell you in the 10 years of full-time ministry that I've been here at Victory, as I've walked with people from, from uh, you know, as, as, a, as a young adult or teenager all the way up to senior citizens, is the, is the dominant tension that I continue to run into is the inability and the insecurity to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life, to know his calling, to know what he's speaking and where he's leading. For the person in the room, even today, maybe you're not a Christian, maybe you're here and not really sure where you're on the map right now with Christ, but maybe for you it's a little suspect. Come on, like a, a talking God, a God who communicates, a God who shares with me. 
like this God of the Bible, like if there was a communicating God, if there was a speaking God who tells and speaks and communicates, wouldn't I have heard him by now? Right? So, so, so the fact that you're even telling me that this God exists, I think I would have heard at least something at this point in my life. And so here's, here's the, the question, the tension I think we need to answer this morning, is if there is a speaking God, then how can we be the people who hear him? John 10, 27, I think this is uh, honestly one of the perfect answers for it. This is Jesus speaking, right? John 10, 27, come on, get excited about the word this morning, come on. This will be our central text, kind of our main foundational passage for today. And here's what Jesus says to his people. He says, my own sheep will hear my voice. I know each one and they follow me. My own sheep will hear my voice. I know each one and they follow me. So here's what's beautiful about scripture is that when God penned scripture through humanity, divinely inspired through a group of people, is that he was intentional. He was intentional in the way that he spoke. He was intentional, not just in his verbal communication, but in written communication, that what we see in scripture is there on purpose and for a purpose. And the first thing that we see in light of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life is he says, my own sheep. What, what he's telling us here today is that if we want to have access to his voice, we must belong to him first. If you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down. His voice is available to his own. His voice, first and foremost, is available to those that belong to him. Here's what John 10, 9 through 11 says. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief only wants, has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you can expect. Life in the fullness until you overflow. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for my sheep. So the first thing that we see here is he's saying that, that you must belong to him, that his voice is available to those that are his. Now, right now in a season where there's not a lot of um, opinion that is in alignment, right, there's a lot of division happening all over the world, but the one thing that we can agree on is that humanity is broken, is that each of us are born something wrong. How many of you have kids? You know right? You see it, there's something wrong. You see selfishness, you see these desires, you see that there's an inability, a strong will to not submit, to not to obey, to not be led in their life, right? We each know there's something wrong on the inside of us, and what scripture tells us is that, that what's wrong with us is we are born spiritually dead. Each of us in this room, you are born physically alive, but spiritually dead, and that's the result of, an, of a treason that happened in, by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, in the beginning, it was them. They made a decision to obey or disobey God, to walk away from God, to not obey him. And the thing that happened was what he promised. You will spiritually die and then physically die if you disobey and you walk away from me. They were the perfect people in the perfect relationship with God, in the perfect environment, and they still missed it. And as a result, you and I all are born with that inheritance in need of spiritual resurrection. I know this sounds really simple, maybe even a little silly, but here's what we all know. Dead people can't hear. And so a spiritual God who speaks to our spirit, when you can't hear, it's because maybe you haven't been resurrected in the inside. For some of us here in the room that maybe you consider yourself not a Christian, far from God, not connected to him yet, although he loves you, wants a relationship with you, it requires faith. The Bible says that when we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, believe that he was risen from the dead, that he lived a perfect life we couldn't live, died the death we deserved, 
but he rose again three days later. When we submit and surrender our lives to him, the Bible says we are resurrected on the inside, that we are made new, that we are clean, that we are washed in the blood of Jesus, and that we are restored into a relationship. He says that is step one if you want to be a person who hears of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not a Christian today, here's the voice you're gonna hear from God. Come follow me. Come and follow me. And primarily, it's going to be through the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us we are ambassadors. We, are, we have been commissioned to be people who will evangelize those who are lost, those who are far, saying we're pleading with you, come back to God, believe this message, surrender your life, salvation is yours today. And so you'll hear the words, come and follow me. This is the voice of God for you in your life today. Come follow me, be restored in relationship, prodigals, those who are far, we've walked away, today is the day to come home. That his, that his, his arms are open wide, that his love for you has not changed. In fact, this is God even in this moment pursuing your heart to come close to him. That there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I was a prodigal myself. For years I had walked away from Jesus. I did life the way I wanted to and when I found the brokenness, when I hit the brick wall of life, it opened my eyes to see that I need God in my life. And I pray that he does the same for you and leads you home even here today. He says, my own sheep, they hear my voice, that his voice is available to those who belong to him, his own. But he goes on to say, and he says, and I know each one, I know each one. If you're taking notes, his voice is known by those he knows. I love what he says here in John chapter 10, 14 and 15. He says, I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and they know me. Just as my father knows my heart and I know my father's heart, I am ready to give my life for the sheep. This word know, K-N-O-W, is the Greek word gnosko, right? I'm a Bible college director. I've gotta, I've gotta give you some Greek today. Is that all right? You with me? So the word know, K-N-O-W, gnosko, to learn to know, to become familiar with. This is the process that we are to follow in order to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. That it's organic, it's relational, it's what God calls us to be a part of. That when you look through scripture, what you're not going to find is a formula, right? What we want sometimes is, well, just tell me what I need to do, I'll make it happen, we'll get there. There's not a one plus two equals three formula for this, but there is a pattern. There's a pattern through scripture that we begin to see take place, and what we realize is that clarity requires closeness. It requires closeness through prayer, through the word of God, through the community of God, that there is a closeness that is required. Can I touch on these three things for you here this morning? You still with me? Prayer. Colossians chapter four, verse two, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourself to a lifestyle of prayer in your life. Now, I, I, I've made some rules about prayer. I think that some, some rules are, are important. So for me personally, when I came uh, you know, into the Christian faith and, and experiencing here, I remember getting in some prayer circles and you know, connecting with people and teaching me, hey, here's how you pray and this is what it's supposed to be. Well, I've come up with a few rules if I can just share them with you for a little bit. Is that all right? I'm gonna share them, okay. So uh, there's a few rules. Number one uh, is never interlock fingers, right? You're praying with people. You're praying with the guy next to you, the girl next to you. If that's not your spouse, Come on, you don't need to be, you know, be interlocking fingers. If you're not my wife, you don't need to be interlocking those sweaty fingers. Come on, especially during a pandemic. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right, we know it, right? We don't wanna be interlocking fingers with people around us. Like, that's just never a good idea. 
Number two, um, we gotta relax a little bit with the swinging arms. Like I think sometimes we get a little excited, we get passionate, you know, we're praying, and um, I'm speaking to the Christians in the house, I think, right now, right? So we'll get to you. So we're, we're swinging, but sometimes I'm talking like, I, my shoulder feels like it's dislodged because of people's anointing and passion and God moving, right? I see y'all, I know who you are, right? And uh, so let, maybe let's keep it like right here, maybe like chest level, like we just a little swing, I think this is okay, right? That's like one of the rules, I think it's important. Um, Here's the other one. Don't, don't out-pray the person next to you. Mm. There it is. That's the one. That's the one that touched right there. Don't out-pray the person next to you. You know what I'm talking about? Right? You're in, a, you're in a group. You're in a circle. And someone's just like, you know, you're like, yeah. You're like, God, like, bless our city. Change our city. God, we need you in this hour to change our city. And then the next person prays. And they're like, yes, God, change our city because our city needs that. But also change our nation, God, because our nation is what needs you. And the next person in the world needs it. I'm just like, hey, like, no, let's not do that. Come on. Like, let's, let's just walk in humility. Let's be a people. We don't try to outpray the people around us. But, you know, I remember when I got here. Yeah, thank you for that amen over there. Um, <laughs> I remember even when I came here 12 years ago, somebody told me to pray a hedge of protection around somebody. And I said, I'm sorry, did you just ask me to pray a bush around somebody? Like, is that... Is that what just happened? Because like, well, one, that's not great protection. I could hop a bush, right? So I think Satan can find his way around it. I'm like, pray a double bush, you know, around that person. Here's the reality. Sometimes, I think sometimes when it comes to prayer, we just don't feel good at it. Maybe that's just me. I, I feel like there's just sometimes when you, you want to be a, a person who's devoted to prayer, you pray five minutes and you think you prayed everything you have. It's sometimes we just don't feel good at what we pray. But, but here's what I want to encourage you with is that, yes, there's the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of taking authority and there's spiritual warfare, praying in tongues, your heavenly language, praying in the spirit where you can move mountains and things of that nature. Like that's important. That's there. But let me just tell you, when, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, our father in heaven, holy is your name. It was relational, it was organic, it was, it was connection of heart. I just wanna encourage you that when it comes to prayer, that prayer is open, honest communication with God. I think sometimes we make it all about the right words and all about the right stuff, and I believe in the power of our words, but the Bible's also very clear that you can have the right words and your heart be far from him. The Bible's saying that when we come as a person of prayer that we want to be a, a people group who just pray what we have. So for you, like there's some days where I show up and I'm going, God, just thank you. Like I'm so grateful. God, I'm so grateful for my little boy Jude. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for our pastors. Lord, I'm grateful that, that I have a job. God, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I have breath in my lungs to praise you and to worship you. God, I'm, I'm grateful. There's some days where it, it sounds a little bit more like lamenting. God, I am hurting right now. I am broken, God, I feel betrayed, I feel, I feel abandoned, God, I feel these certain things happening in my heart right now, and I just need you to know that. There's some days where it's, God, I need you to change our world, because it's broken. God, I'm praying for my neighbor to come to know Jesus. God, I'm praying for my grandfather, for my grandmother, for my, my son or my daughter who's far from you. God, would you capture their heart? Would you bring them back home? God, would you open their, would you, would you do that, right? Like, pray what you have. Open, honest communication with God, that you'd be a person that you begin to just let your heart flow before him. That's what he's asking for. The Bible says if you want to have clarity and confusion, if you want divine communication in your life, then you must be a person who, who follows this pattern of prayer in your life. Let me encourage you to be the person who will withdraw from distractions and wait on God. I think it's important that we, we step away from some things that kind of rob our attention, that steal away and distract us in moments, that it's important that we set aside time to get away with him. Jesus did this all the time. 
He would leave the crowds of disciples. He would leave the people he came to reach. As we sang today, he stepped out of heaven to rescue people, and he would leave them on the banks of a shore to go spend time with his heavenly father. Because here's what Jesus understood. I need his voice if I'm going to do what God's called me to do here. We live in a season, we live in a time, a dispensation of history where more than ever we need the voice of God. We don't need the opinion of man. We don't need the the next self-help thing. We don't need that stuff. We need to hear from heaven. And so as we are a people of prayer as we move into this, we must wait. We must withdraw from the busyness because busyness is the death of prayer. I tell people all the time, if you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy to hear from God. God is wanting to speak to you. God is wanting to download vision, ideas, dreams. He's wanting to bring clarity in the middle of your situation. Whether you're here in the room or you're watching on the other side of the world, God has a word for you that he wants to speak right here and right now. So pray with you what you have. Be that kind of person. And through this process, you become familiar. You begin to recognize his voice through being close, through, through devotion of prayer in your life. Could be in the car, could be at home. But, but there's, there's this ability to recognize as a result, as promptings in his voice. If we can for just a moment, would you just go ahead and close your eyes and don't fall asleep on me, but, but close your eyes for a moment. We're gonna illustrate this. If someone were to walk into this room right now, maybe, maybe a best friend or a, a parent, maybe it was your spouse, and it was quiet in here and they just shouted your name right here, you would go, oh, that's mom. Oh, that's dad. Oh, I know, that's my best friend. Oh, that's my wife. Right, there, there's something that you'd be able to say, well, how do you know that? And you go, I don't, I just, it's, it's familiar. I recognize that. I recognize her voice. And I was like, well, yes, exa- but, but tell me how exactly. Is it the, is, is it the inflection? Is it, is it how this, is it this? Is, you know, it's probably, it's hard for me to really describe. I don't know. I just, I just know, I just know it. It's familiar. I recognize it. Go ahead, open your eyes. I, I think it's important for us to, to, to understand that clarity of the Holy Spirit's voice in our life will come through being familiar, walking in closeness. There's an ability to recognize. It's not a formula, but there is a pattern that we're people of prayer. You still with me? Also through the word. We see this in the word in 2 Timothy 3.16. Every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction, to lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. If you're taking notes, God's word is God's voice. That we're we're people of prayer, but then we must be people of the word. And again, sometimes we can become so mature that we miss out on the basics of Christianity. Let me submit to you today that maturity, Christian maturity, is is the basics, the baseline stuff consistently in your life. It's getting into prayer, getting into the word of God. And so, so often what we're looking for in moments of confusion is, okay, we just need God to say it. Say it in my heart. God, I'm being quiet. Uh, let me journal it out. W- what is the thing that you're speaking? And sometimes we're looking for a- an audible voice or some prompting internally, but, but sometimes we don't need the voice. We just need a verse. Like God has already spoken about some of the things that you're confused about right now. Did you know that God is, his, he has a lot to say about your friendships, He has a lot to say all through the scriptures about your finances. He has lots to say about marriage. Come on, somebody, I can use some help. We all, right? He says things about parenting. Like there are things that we're praying and asking God about, and he says, oh, I've already revealed that to you. Go run in the revealed. Run in what I've already revealed to you, right? God doesn't need to waste words. He's saying, no, I've already given it to you. 
I've penned all this through scripture. I gave you a book about how life was to be lived and I've already spoken on these things. And as you read the word, you become familiar with the will of God. You begin to think how God thinks. You begin to chase the things that God would have you chase. The word of God will literally change you from the inside out. If you want to know the will of God, if you want to find clarity in the midst of confusion, we must be people who fill ourselves with the word on a continual basis. We will think like God, we will speak like God, we will move like God in the situations where the enemy tries to bring confusion, right? You know this, is that, is that when the enemy tries to bring a counterfeit in your life, what you need is the standard of truth. And so when the enemy tries to come with a, a counterfeit, but you already know truth, you go, oh, that's a lie. Oh, that's not, that's not God. When he tries to say that you're disqualified, when he tries to say that you should run away from God because God doesn't want you, you go, oh, no, 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 already, it's already written. I already know that. That's a lie, right? But, but people who aren't filled with the word of God, they find themselves confused often because they're not filled with truth, right? So he leads us into his word. It exposes these, these things in our life. There was a gentleman I talked to who told me, he said, man, I'm, I'm leaving my wife. I said, what's going on? Why, why would you do that? Why are you making that decision? He said, well, you know, I, I, she just doesn't make me happy anymore. I just, I feel like I'm broken. I feel like this thing is long gone. I feel like there's no hope. And I'm just, I'm leaving. I'm walking out. He said, and besides, God's given me peace about it. Like, like, like God, the peace of God, right, which umpires our heart, like it leads us forward with peace. And he tried to take that scripture and try to say, God's given me peace about this decision I'm making. I said, brother, I said, your lack of conviction is not the peace of God in your life. And I think... And I think it's good for us that when we're filled with the word, we understand that God will begin to bring conviction. What does he say the word does? It brings in instruction, direction, correction. It, it breaks between the innermost parts of our heart and exposes what is soul, what is flesh, what is spirit, what is truth. And it begins to show us the path in which we're supposed to take. The Holy Spirit, who is active in our life, delights in the details of our lives, begins to cause that to come alive on the inside of us. God wants to move through his word. But then also community, right? I love this, that God will also speak through the body of Christ. He loves it. 1 Corinthians 12, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic words, words of discernment. God gives a speaking voice to the body of Christ for the body of Christ, this is a beautiful thing that God has given us. He speaks through prayer, through promptings, through leadings of the Holy Spirit. He speaks through the words of God, but then he will speak through people, people who understand and know how to operate in the gifting that God has given them. I, I remember for me, again, it was um, probably about three years ago, I was praying because I felt like God was telling me to go back to college. And I was like, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> I, I don't wanna go back to school, but I was praying and it kept coming up in my heart. I was busy, I was here, I was, I was on staff, I was living the dream. I mean, I was pastoring young adults, I was, I was pastoring, I was preaching, I was learning what God had called me to do, I was discipling people. I thought, God, why do I need to go back to college? I've, I, I'm doing what you've called me to do, I'm, I'm already here. Why is this prompting coming? I don't wanna pay tuition. I don't want late nights like, like studying and, and, and reading through things and writing papers. Like, God, I, I don't wanna do that. Right? So I got an amen. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, I don't want to do those things, right? But I, but I knew this. I knew God was speaking it, right? And so I was like, it kept coming up my heart. So I said, okay, God, um, would you confirm it, right? Sometimes when you're just trying to excuse it away, you're just like, confirm it and I'll do it. Um, but I asked God for confirmation because I was like, okay, God, because it's going to be a real task at this season of my life to go back to school. So I, I, there, I heard there was a miracle service uh, happening over at Oral Roberts University, Pastor Jensen Franklin, any ORU students in the house? Come on, somebody. 
Hey, yo. So there was a miracle service happening across the street. Pastor Jensen Franklin, right, from Free Chapel, amazing pastor, was preaching, right? And there were, you know, signs, wonders, miracles, all kind of stuff. I was like, well, I don't need like a physical miracle. I don't need a financial miracle. I need direction. I need some clarity in the midst of my confusion. I feel like God's maybe speaking this. I don't know if he is. I'm gonna go over there. God's gonna speak. He's gonna be like, no, Mark, you missed it. I didn't want you to go to school. Don't worry about it. And he confirmed it, right? I was believing for it. And so I get over there and Pastor Jensen preaches a great message. It's awesome. People are getting healed. I go to the altar. I'm like, someone's gonna give me a prophetic word. This is the moment. He's gonna speak from stage. Boom, here's what you're gonna do. Doesn't happen. And I was like, ah, my hopes were just drowned in that moment. And I was like, okay. So I leave and my wife and I, we get into a car and you know, we're, we're driving away and we get a phone call. Uh, from uh, our friend Carolyn. So his daughter, Pastor Jensen's daughter, was a part of our young adult ministry. She's an ORU grad. And so she, was, she said, hey, my dad is, is, we're about to have dinner, and I wanna invite you guys, wanna come be a part. And I was like, uh, yeah, where are you? And uh, we'll be there right now. And I was like, play it cool, Mark, play it cool. Um, so we went to Cheesecake Factory, right? Because it's anointed, it's just God's moving there. The bread is just, oh, carbs. And, and we get there, and so <laughs> I show up there, and I'm like, don't mess this up, okay, great. So. So we're having a great conversation, like dinner's great, all kind of stuff, and I was like, all right, I gotta ask him. So I was like, okay, I wanna ask him this one question. We said, okay, Pastor Jensen, if you could go back 20 years, like what would you do differently? What should I know now that you didn't know when you were my age? And he thinks about it, could have said a million different things. You know what he said? He said, you know, I think uh, I, think I would have gotten my degree. I said, what else would you have done? No, <laughs> no he, said, he said, I would have got my degree. And then he looks at me and he says, Mark, do you have your degree? I said, no, sir. He goes, go get it. And then he looks at my wife. And he says, you have your degree? Right, because that's how it works in marriage. Right? He's like, you have your degree? She goes, no. She goes, go get, he said, go get your degree. We enrolled the next day. I was like, okay, like God spoke. God confirmed, right? God will speak to you in the heart, but then he will use community to speak. He will use people in your life to go and to speak to you in times of your life. Even when it was something I didn't want to do, we had made the commitment, God, you have my yes, even before I know what you're speaking. But God, I wanna know that this is you. And he'll confirm it. Down here, it was on March 1st, on March 1st, that God had been praying, we had been praying and we had been seeking God on some stuff. And I remember God was, was speaking some stuff to me. I was kind of journaling it out, writing it out, and just really felt like, man, I feel like God's stirring some things in me with this. And I said, but God, would you confirm it? And I showed up here to church and I said, God, I was in the parking lot right out front. I said, God, you speak through your people. I'm asking, will you speak today? Will you confirm what you're speaking to me even now? And I came into the service and I sat through the 9 a.m. service. I was about to get out of my chair to go pray for somebody at the altar. And as I was moving towards this gentleman, another man steps in the way, someone I know we're not close with, but I know who he is, and he says, Pastor Mark, I have the word of the Lord for you. And he begins to just speak out the very same things that I had been journaling in my journal for the last week. And I just began to cry, began, my wife's behind me, she was like, he's saying something, he's saying something, isn't he? All right, God was speaking in that moment. Here's the thing, God wants to speak prophetically with words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He wants to show you things that you don't know. God moves in the spirit. We are a supernatural people, and we need to move in the supernatural. Here's why I wanna encourage you to get into small groups, because God speaks through his community. And so many people are not hearing God, they're confused because they're simply isolated. They're, they're praying and they're in the word, but they're not with the body. That is God's prescribed means for hearing his voice. And so you must be a people who, uh, who leans into this uh, in our life. And then here's what, how he kind of concludes it. He says, my own sheep, they're mine, 
I know each one, and they follow me, and they follow me. If you're taking notes, the heart that obeys is the heart that hears. The heart that obeys is the heart that hears. Here's what I believe firmly, conviction, is that clarity comes in our life when we are a people who are postured in surrender. That we, we hear so clearly from God when he knows that you've already given your yes before he has spoken. That you are fully surrendered, that you are fully his, that you are fully in submission. I believe that brings sensitivity into our life. Even just recently, I've been studying through the gospels and I've been looking at you know, the book of Luke and the book of Mark and just my own personal time. And something that God's been showing me has, has been really blessing me in, so, in some great ways. And what I see is, in Luke chapter nine, there's this passage of scripture where Jesus says to the crowd, it says he turns to the crowd, and he says to them, if you wanna be my disciple, if you don't just wanna be a part of the crowd, but you wanna be a disciple, you must lay down your selfish ways, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow after me. So the, the person who wants to cling to this life and cling to control and cling to how they wanna do things will lose their life. But the person who releases and surrender to God will be the person who finds life and life abundantly and life eternally. And I love this passage, and it's interesting because what you see, if you'll, if you'll go backwards through the beginning of Luke to Luke chapter 9 or, or, or up to Mark chapter 8, what you're going to see is a lot of people following Jesus. You're going to see the crowd. I mean, they're there. They're everywhere. That's the crowd who's, they're like, man, Jesus is healing people, right? We're all showing up because God is, I mean, legs are being healed. Cancer's being healed. Man, God's multiplying bread. We love carbs. Let's show up. Like, this is awesome. God is moving, and crowds were showing up. The drama was thick, right? The religious leaders of that day, right? Like, nobody told them off. Nobody confronted a religious leader. But Jesus, the carpenter's son, he stands up with authority, and he starts preaching in their faces and telling them, you brood of vipers and you this and whitewashed tombs. And, and man, the drama for that day must have been beautiful. The crowd was attracted. Jesus is attractive. He pulls people in, but there's something, there's a distinction that Jesus makes to that crowd that day. He says, if you want to be not just a part of the crowd, but if you want to be a disciple, something's got to change. You see, here's what I believe. I believe that the crowd is attracted to Jesus, but the disciple is surrendered to Jesus. And there's a beautiful thing that takes, that takes place, and you know this. If you read through the Gospels, here's what you're going to see. Jesus gives the crowd a glimpse. Here's some teaching. Heal some people. God loves them. He's, he's providing for them. But there was something reserved for the disciples. It was the crowds would go away, and he would bring his disciples aside, and he would say, okay, here's what I meant when I was teaching that. When I said this to these people, here's what I was really doing. By the way, Peter, James, John, Thomas, Bartholomew, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm gonna tell you, here's where we're going. Here's the plan that I have for your life. Here's the plan that I have for the universe and for, the human, and for humanity. Here's what God is like. There was something that disciples got that the crowd never got. And the distinction was surrender. Because they were surrendered, they had access at a greater level. There was a friendship. There was something relational. There was something organic. There was a closeness, and that closeness comes through surrender and submission. I believe that God speaks so clearly to us when we've already made up our minds, he has my yes before he's already given me direction. I know God's speaking. I know he's going to speak something, and God, I'm fully abandoned to you. In the Old Testament, the word here is the word shama. Everyone say shama. 
Come on, you got a little Greek and a little Hebrew today. The word shama. It means this, to hear with the intention to obey. That I'm not just gonna hear him, I'm not just gonna hear God and, and put it as, as one of the options that I'm gonna decide upon. Sometimes we get into trouble as Christians because we wanna hear God not so we can obey it, but so we can put it in our list of options and figure out which one we want. God says, I want you to go to this college. I want you to go at this time. I want you to do this thing. You go, okay, great option. Let's put that right here. And then there's, then there's this one. I want you to not marry that person. And uh, We won't go there, but you know. God speaks some things, and he's saying, I speak to those who hear with the intention to obey me. So sometimes it's not just a clarity issue. It's a surrender issue. It's, does God have my yes before he even speaks? And I'll, kind of, I'll close with the story. Testimony. Back in January, every January, my wife and I, we get away, we just wait, we withdraw, we withdraw from all the busyness and all of that stuff, and we'll get a little cabin or something and just kind of get away, and we're just gonna pray. We're gonna seek God for the now word. What is the thing that God is speaking? What is it that he has for this family? Not just a general scripture, we're not just gonna believe general promises, but God, what promise right now are you wanting us to lean into? Ladies and gentlemen, these are the days that we're living in right now. We need to have a daily sensitivity to what God is speaking for today. Not what, he, not what he spoke in 2018 and 2019, not even what he spoke in January, but, but God is speaking and he, we need the now word. So we will get alone with God and okay, it might, be a, it might be a day, it might be three days, but we're gonna get alone and we are going to hear from God. And what God, it was amazing, he spoke the same thing to us separately. For my wife, he gave her this word, clear the decks, clear the decks. Clear away the things that don't matter. Clear away, get prepared, get ready. And she knew it was this word, financial freedom. Is that we need to clear any kind of debt, any kind of financial um, attachment that we don't need, needed to happen. I felt separately, I was in the other room, I wrote it down in my journal, it's amazing. I felt God speaking to me to get, to believe for supernatural debt freedom in the year of 2020. Now, we don't have a ton of consumer debt or anything. I, I don't even mind sharing what we have. We have a mortgage. We had two cars, and we had two degrees. Thanks, Jensen Franklin, right? <laughs> and, and so that's what we had. And so here's what we felt God say, though. So, okay, God spoke that. Okay, God, you have our yes. Let's do that. We're believing supernatural debt freedom. That's exciting. The word we got out of that we felt was sell your home. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We said supernatural. That's really natural, God. Like, that's, that's a natural thing. But we knew he said it. And I was like, God, no, 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 like, we, love, we love this home. We don't want to sell this home. I know it's a great time to sell. I know it's all kind of stuff, but no, no, no. Like we, can you just have someone write us the check? Can, you, can it just something like that? You know, another opportunity? Can something like that happen? And it was like, no, I want you to sell your home. I want you to take a step of faith and do what I'm asking you to do. Okay, God, you have our yes. Put it on the market. First people who looked at it, they bought it. And they bought it, and we used that money, and we paid off our two vehicles, and we got another home, and we're, we're living in a place right now. But we still had our student debt, right? We said our student loans. And I was like, okay, God, so we're, we're, we're praying. What does that look like? What does supernatural debt freedom look like? So we're, we're three, four months now into the year. God's just done a massive thing. And I was like, oh, that's incredible. And then we went to dinner with a, a couple, a couple that we really barely knew, just getting to know uh, as friends. Somebody had introduced us to them, and they said, hey, we just think you guys would hit it off. And we, we went to dinner one night, and then it was our second time hanging out. We're doing dinner. 
and said, hey, what's, what's been on your heart? What has God been speaking to you guys this year? What's, what's kind of the word of the Lord for y'all? And they started sharing a little bit what they were walking through and what they were believing for and what God had been speaking. And then we started to share, you know, we felt it's this clear the decks type of word. We need to clear away things that, and, and this is the dead. And, you know, so we just sold our house and it's kind of been a big deal for us, a little awkward, but we're doing it. And we just know it's what God's gonna bless. And we just paid off the cars. Thank you, Jesus. We're excited for that. We're living in a place right now, you know, where it's not our dream home yet, but we're excited. Praise God, we're grateful, you know. And, uh, and they said, well, so the student loans, like, well, how much you got left? And I said, we have, we have $30,000 left in loans. Some of you are like, that's nothing, <laughs> you know. Um, well, we had, been, we had paid off some of it already, but we had 30,000 left. He goes, oh, okay. And he, he goes, hey, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And he gets up and goes to the bathroom and he comes walking back in. And this man leans over and he hands me a check for $30,000. And he says, the Holy Spirit spoke to me told me to give you this. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. We tried to hold it together for like the next hour while we were talking about like vacations and things and whatnot. And then we got in the car and we just cried. We just wept. Estrogen in my car from AJ's family. Just all, it was just, we were weeping. And it was just, and God was just moving. And we just said, and you know what my wife said to me? She said, this is nothing for God. This is nothing for God. God's even, he's expanded our faith to believe even for greater. Because listen, we're halfway through the year, y'all. God's got more to do even in the Kresge household. And he's got more to do in your life. Here's what I know. Here's what I say. The reason I share this is I, is I just want to stir your faith today that God is a speaking God. And he wants to share plans for your life. He wants to cut through the confusion of what's happening in your life right now. And he wants to share with you, here's what I have for you in this season that you can mix your faith with, that you can believe and that you can move towards with faith. And here's what I'll say. If you'll give God your yes before he's given you the answer, clarity will come. He will open up the doors that no man can shut and he will bless this type of life. You received that this morning, this afternoon? Go ahead and stand to your feet as we close today. Just wanna take a moment, no one moving around. We're gonna close here in just a moment. But here's what I wanna encourage you with today, that the thing that you might be confused about right now in your life, God is not confused about it. The thing that you're praying for, the thing that you're, you're, you're asking God for, listen, he is not confused about your life. He is not confused about what's happening in our world. He is not confused about what's happening in our nation. And what I love about God is that he cares about the big things and he cares about the little things. He sits enthroned on, on top of the world and he sees it all and the glory belongs to him. But then also the details of his life, of your life, is something that, that is pleasing to God, that he wants to know about, he wants to be involved in. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed today, I just wanna ask you a couple questions. Number one, you're in a situation right now that you might feel confused about or you need God to speak into. You need divine clarity and divine communication today. And you're saying, I need to hear from God. If that's you, slip up your hand right where you are, just right where you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's another group of us here that you know God has said some things to you. He said, get the degree, mend the relationship, write the book, take the step of faith, disciple that group of girls, do the thing I'm asking you to do. He brought clarity into your life, but you just haven't obeyed him. Shama hasn't happened. And you're saying, I know what God's speaking, but I have felt maybe too afraid 
or unwilling to take my step of faith. And today I'm making a commitment. I'm gonna obey what God spoke. If that's you, just slip up your hand right where you are. Yeah, wow, so many of us, yeah. And last but not least, you're in this room and you're saying, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. As we sing today, as we're here today, I, I don't have a relationship with God. I wanna believe that he died, that he rose again. That he, has, that he wants a relationship with me. I want eternal life in a relationship with Jesus. Some of us here are far from God. You gave your life to Jesus at one point, but you've walked away. You've been kind of doing your own thing, going where you want, who you want, living in sin, but, but today you just know it. God is calling you home. And he's saying today is the day of salvation. If that's you, you want to surrender your life to Jesus today. You want a fresh start with him. Just slip up your hand right where you are so I know who I'm praying with. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, this is your moment right here, making this commitment. Yeah, thank you. I see you in the back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. If you lifted your hand on any of those invitations, I want to ask you to come down to the front right where you are. If you feel comfortable, step out right from your seat. Meet me right here at the altar. We're going to pray. We're going to be on in just a few minutes, but we're going to pray. Yeah, come on, Victory family. Let's give it up for them as they come down. Come on. There's some things you need to surrender here tonight. There's some things that you need to hear from God on right now in the season of your life. You need direction. You need clarity. You need to obey. You need strength. You need courage. Come on. This is the moment. Yeah, come on. Oh, come on, Victory. They're still coming. Let's give it up for them. Let's encourage them. Come on. Yeah, come nice and close. Come on. God's going to speak to you today. Yes, come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. As you come down to the front, listen, just a posture of submission and a posture of receptivity. Saying, God, whatever you want to speak, I'm here to listen. Come on. Let's worship.
worship you. Lord, we honor your voice. We honor your presence here today. We draw near to you, Jesus, and we thank you for open hearts and open minds to hear. Lord, I thank you that you are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. When we feel confused, when we feel hopeless, when we feel like we don't know what to do, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are with us in those moments. You're doing things that we can see and you're doing things that we can't see. You're working in front of us and you're working behind us. You know, I just sense there's, a, there's some people in the room here that you've, you've been trusting God, you've been doing your best to obey God, uh, but the timeline has really messed with you. It's, it's frustrated you because you were hoping and thinking that, that things would be at a certain point by now. And, and, you, and you feel disappointed like God's let you down, like God hasn't uh, held up his side of the deal. God, I've given you my life, I've surrendered, I've done everything I know to do. And I feel like you, for, for you specifically, I feel like God is saying that he's positioning things around you. You just stay put, you stay where you are, you do what I'm asking you to do. You stay consistent and faithful with what I've given you because I'm working things out that you can't see right now. I'm positioning people, I'm opening doors, I'm closing other doors. I'm changing hearts, I'm shifting things that you cannot see. And I'm asking and requiring your trust in this season. For others, I just feel like God is saying that it's time to lift up the lid of your thinking, of your belief. Like he said to the man who said, Jesus, help us if you can. He said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible for those who believe. He said, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And I just sense there's people here today that you believe God speaks. You've, you've heard him speak in the past. He's spoken some things already to you, but you haven't obeyed because there's been doubt and unbelief. And so, Lord, I thank you even right now for the spirit of faith to rise up in every person walking through those situations. God, I thank you that you're bringing clarity. You're cutting through the confusion and you're speaking even now with peace and with joy. Lord, you are faithful and you are good and we honor you. We praise you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Church, let's pray this together this morning, this afternoon. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe you lived a life I couldn't live. Die the death that I deserve. But you rose three days later so that I could have eternal life. So I surrender myself to you. I repent of sin. And I confess that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I'm all yours. Lord, give me ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to comprehend the will of God for me in this season. Give me a heart that is tender and sensitive and give me a heart to obey. Help me to be strong and courageous and to know that you are with me. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen, amen. Come on, can we just lift up a shout of praise to Jesus this afternoon? Come on. He's worthy. He's faithful. He's good. He is a speaking God.